Chat. What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, you're awfully loud, but that's okay. That's fine. Oh. Louder is better. Like, you can always bring it down. Yeah, you can't can. ever tell someone to, you know, get the energy up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I also screamed that part, so. <laughs> that's fine. That seems right. Oh, I'll bring it down a bit. A little bit here. Okay. Oh, how you doing, man? Happy Monday. Can't. Yeah, happy Monday. Can't complain. It's all the same to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a job or anything, so. Doesn't matter. Nobody does. What are you talking no, about? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's same old, same old. We're We're hanging in there. Good. I, I'm sorry. I'm distracted because I just came off an all timer game of Starcraft like one minute ago. <laughs> I, what, I, what made it so crazy? I won from a, an incredibly difficult position on the map that I've never won before. And I was like fighting off two different players simultaneously. It felt really good. It was a real achievement. That, that feels good. I, I was just playing Dark Souls, so I'm kind of still vibrating as well. It, that game is insanely difficult. And, uh, it, it your adrenaline gets so jacked. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. I'm like really wired right now. You yeah, fucking yeah. nerds playing video games all day. I did things, damn it. Hey, I did I, I did a lot of culture today. I I did a ton of reading. I read about art stuff in preparation for this conversation. The, I did that too. Oh, I read did part activities. of a novel. It's, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. I I find it so hard to read during all this, except for like right before bed. And then it's like for maybe like a minute and a half and I'm out. <laughs> and then you, yeah, pass out. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've been finding it a lot easier, I guess. I don't know. I'm jumping around reading three books at a time. It's like easier. I don't know. I can't explain it. That's great. My brain can't handle that. Like words, I can do 60 pages and then I'm like, normally I can just be like, boop and book's done. 60 pages is like a slog. I'm like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, I don't know. So what did you do? Anything interesting? Um, today, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, yesterday, also no. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, I, I got a Saturday. I walked to the post office, uh, just to run an errand. So it was nice to go outside. Oh, that is nice. How was the post yeah, office? Is it wild or no? Um, no, it wasn't crazy at all. Oh. It was, and it was, it, but I went to the one, uh, downtown Brooklyn. So. I don't know hmm. if that is different. Somehow right, if than... the scene is different, different post office probably. You mean yeah. the glory of the Bushwick postal office that's usually about 70 deep anyway? So probably goes to Maspeth at this point? <laughs> huh. Well, they need all the help they can get, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Buy some stamps. Use the post office. Yeah. <laughs> Send they, letters. Do they still have those Ellsworth Kelly uh, collectible stamp sets? I don't know. Yeah, we... We yes, they do. We got them for our wedding invitations. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. I wonder if they'll do COVID nineteen collectible stamps. Oh boy, like one with a picture of a N ninety five on it. One with a picture of the, the virus, mi- like the microscopic virus. <laughs> yeah. uh, one with the it picture. is beautiful in its way. Yeah, it is. It is. It looks like a like a nineteen eighties cartoon version, like a Doctor Mario kind of like level Dude, i was just thing. i was just gonna say that it reminds me of like or what i picture a nematode is or something or whatever that <laughs> yeah right. like 90s term was there was a toy in the 90s that looked exactly like it it wasn't a koosh ball but it was a koosh ball with like suction cups do you guys remember that it had yes. a specific yeah. name but it looks just like the coronavirus did rosie o'donnell throw it at people were, were they called like slorps or something yeah it was something with an s it was a very nickelodeon name like oh. smorsh yeah oh it does yeah. look like a snork like the snork, snork the green with the, the yeah about. yeah well snorks were a separate thing they were cartoon characters yeah right? but, corona, but it has a snork nozzle on it yeah corona is like if you like human centipeded a bunch of snorks around a circle <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no not okay it's like a snork king like the inversion of a rat king. A, yeah a snork king that's pretty good <laughs> oh man snork king 19 um all right well, Alan, you want to you wanna jump into it? Like, my goal with this conversation was that we would try to focus on modern country as much as possible, your show at Geary, but also spiral it into a bigger bigger painting conversation, hopefully. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we can try to break it down or, or uh, talk about what the show has kind of become or... 
Can I um, can I yeah. start off by reading your statement? I realize that that's probably going to be weird having your statement read, read back to you. No, I, I I wrote it, so it's fine. But I think you're I think you're a good writer, and I think it's a good place to like start out because it'll just give us a baseline of themes and things like that. So I'm going to go ahead okay. and do that. This was a year of travel and change, so I had the idea to use those experiences to make a picture album. The project, I thought, was a simple way to stitch together color and place, but thoughts and things drift into the studio to lead and mislead, and there's a, conflict, excuse me, there's a complex freedom in that powerlessness. As I acted on simpler impulses, the rules loosened and the scope of the album broadened. Drawing has always been my base camp, and it became the central language of the paintings, in some cases even dictating the content. I felt that travel, record-keeping, touch, pressure, wind, were all forms of drawing guiding an experiment in genre. And I was listening to a lot of Emmylou Harris. That's my favorite line. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I love that. I was like, hey, hey, there you go. Well, I feel like it's good because the, the rest of the statement kind of covers a lot of atmosphere, right? And like introducing musicality at the end. In, uh, yeah. in, in a very signature way for you uh, in that like sort of sentence fragment is a nice way to do it. Yeah. I, I feel like um, I, I, I like to try to use tools to, to like ground, ground painting for, for an audience. I, I feel like I'll, a lot of times it's like either it gets too heady or too um, like too, too elusive and it's helpful for, it's also helpful for me to kind of put it in like simple terms or like, or like connect it to something uh, like easy to, easy to, to digest at, at first. And then, and then the, as that becomes like the access point to the paintings. So I thought like Emmylou Harris would be like a really, uh, yeah, really easy um, signal for like the, for the tone of the show. Um She's like super, pretty melancholy. Um, melancholy, but with big hair. So yeah, much hair. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's yeah, she's lovely. I can share um, how it worked for me because I didn't know who that was. I'm not like familiar with, with Emmylou Harris, yeah. but when when I was rereading the statement today, I went and listened to it, and the first thing that comes up on Apple Music anyway is um, her song from the other Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. Yeah. I forget how it goes, but that's the one I listened to. And I was like, oh, shit, like this makes a ton of sense for the show. And, and you yeah. know, that movie as like a as a similar sort of like dreamy travel story. Yeah, I'm not like trying to make you talk about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But I thought that the musicality or like the, the vibe of Emmylou Harris, at least as far as I could tell at a glance, um, it was helpful. It was instructive. Yeah, that I mean that soundtrack kind of relaunched a lot of people's artistic careers, like some some older like country artists. Um, but she, I mean, she Emmylou, like in particular, has had like multiple kind of re, like rebirths. Her career has been so long, but um, but I, I think that also points to another idea. Um, like the the country is so it's like so malleable that it, it can take so many forms, and I, I like that about that too. Right. It didn't even occur to me that that's another layer of the title of the show. Mm -hmm. Modern country as in music genre, modern country as in the United States, modern country as yeah. in technological, like agriculture, you know, but yeah. the, the music dimension like, never occurred it, to me. It's another kind of drawing, right? It, it like uh, borders, borders also delineate, which is just another form of drawing. Yeah, can you talk about can you talk about the the aspect of drawing that was different for you this time around? Because I think I know what you mean, but I would rather hear it explicated a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I feel like a lot of the time drawing and painting are like kept separate, and um, or oh, it's an either or, uh, and I I just wanted these paintings to like very clearly be have a simultaneity. Um, where if you kind of drain the color out, you could see you could see the drawing as well, right? Uh, very clear, very clearly. Uh, so I guess that that's what I wanted to get to, like um, uh, just a, a simpler directness. Yeah, I mean, so before this, I did my like historiography research. I did my deep dive and in, in, in my bookies. Um, so 
the funny part so i was like oh arthur dove let's start there because like arthur dove failed farmer interesting very Mm -hmm. interesting so like when you sap like everything like there's generative processes in those works where it's like there's a lot of charcoal drawings that then just get colorized and like the the palettes are like eerily similar but this is like what a hundred years apart that you're like kind of operating in the same space but like it's not that machismo that he was framed around yeah he i mean he was a nerd like he (laughs) he was he was as like he was as into um meteorology as like any amateur person could be he had like all this like weather like uh like apparatus apparatus, Mm -hmm. i guess to like like track weather patterns to to, like aid his paintings a kind of another form of drawing you know like topography you know pressure to topography um but yeah i mean he's yeah he's one of the loves of my life (laughs) yeah i mean it's it was weird i was like i opened up one i was like that's a ringer but like in the but like there's something like we were talking about shrewdness in terms of handling like I think that's a really interesting word shrewd like mm-hmm. these are kind like the doves are a little clumsy like and we talked yeah. about like you know offline about like or maybe was it on another zoom where we were talking about like appearing like hiding the tightness is that something you want to uh, talk about at all or no the per- like the effortlessness perceived is, is effortlessness just, um, yeah it's a it's like a put on yeah 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 i thought um, oh go yeah. ahead go ahead go ahead no no go ahead well i felt like your new paintings have this interesting thing going on because they're so reductive in a way a lot of them are anyway compared to your past work that they draw more attention to the virtuosity of the brush strokes like you start to get more involved in the space of each color sometimes mm-hmm. rather than the like overall space that they construct does that make sense yeah uh yeah I, i'm fine with that I, I think um hang on alan sorry there's it, a fucking sound problem right yeah. now P- unplug that unplug it and we're back sorry the yeah, soundboard decided we, to have a one, meltdown. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll cut all. I'll cut all this out. But fucking this the soundboard thing that we have. You you know a little bit about audio stuff. Is a connection yeah. that is taped together because we don't have the right adapter. So if <laughs> if, if something shifts on the table, it just buzzes. I don't yeah. know if you could hear that. Oh it yeah, sounds like horrible. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was in a band in high school. We'd like use a hanger to like hook the AV cable up because it only worked if it was like being pressure like uh-huh. yeah, pressure yeah. up from below. It's, it's like exactly a, that. It's a busted Apple charger that has like started fray, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry though. Where where were we? We were talking about um, Arthur Dove. Then we were talking about. Oh, I well, said the, handling and color the re- space. The reduction, the reduction is tricky because, like, um, you know, as, as the paint has become more elemental, um, it's it's. I don't really know how to say it. It's like tricky to highlight, um, highlight like kind of a, like a grace that, that the materials have. And in a way, in a, in a way you're kind of like, as a painter, you're like, when you just l- like let something out there, you're, you're saying you're, you're like saying you're confident in it. And the, like the simpler the materials get, the the higher your confidence has to be. So it's this, it, yeah, it's kind of reckless and kind of like kind of ego driven in a way. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that the ego drivenness of it is only apparent to you, right? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that, I, I don't think that a viewer, hmm, I don't know. I'm already taking back what I was going to say. I was going to say that I don't, I don't think a viewer really picks up on that, but they necessarily have to because now they're folk like i already said virtuosity right like now you're already focused yeah. on this sort of like skillfulness that's different right. that, than that's looking at like a picture why i went down that path but um but the, i think the other hand like the other side of that is um just like letting the paintings like be what they're gonna be and um 
you know, I feel like early on with this show, I, I wanted it to be a collection of paintings that, yes, there were, there were a lot of elements drained out, but I wanted, what I wanted to, to drain out with that was anxiety. Like I, I, I wanted to stop bringing in like external control issues. I, I wanted the studio to be like way, way more free um, and more playful. And I think the form that that took was like, yeah, simplicity and drawing in color. Um, well, I think in a way it gives you um, clearer access to maybe what your subject is. Like w when I read your yeah. statement and then I was thinking about it later, um, I think your subject is basically as can be as simply put as memory. And I know that sounds like a little art 21 ish or like mm -hmm. um, it's probably too reductive of a thing to say. But when you pare everything down, it really it really gets to that sensitivity rather than being sort of dictated by a narrative. Like we've talked yeah. about this a little bit before, like when you make a more illustrative painting, you're really getting people involved in like the literature of painting, but it seems like you took a really self-conscious step away from that and towards like combining material and color to get to the same kind of uh, vibe. Yeah. It, it, it could be memory. It could, I, I also say that, uh, one of the subjects is pressure. And I, I mean that in every sense of the word, like um, pressure, obviously in the sense of touch, but also in what, in the pressure that I apply to the, to the picture and that the pressure that the viewer applies to the picture to interpret it. Like, I think that's another aspect of this, the softness that I'm interested in. Well, the scale does that too. Like, cause when I was like scrolling the, like the dims, I was like, like that little red one in the video, I was like, that one has to be at least like 11 by whatever. And it's like, no, it's eight by 10. I was like, oh, that's like a, a diamond, oh, like, the, the red, the, the really cloud. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's a, it looks huge or like spatially mm -hmm. it's huge, but it's this tight little crystallized thing. So it's yeah. got this directional spatial pressurization too. Right. Well, I wonder if um, our listeners might not know that you typically were painting at the same size or similar for a long time, right? Which was what? It was relatively small. Yeah. Um, between like a foot and two feet in any direction. Right. And one of the major shifts in this show was that there's a, a bouncing around of scale. There's things that are three times as big as that and things that are smaller yeah. than that. It's one of the maybe the major disadvantages of it having turned into a virtual show is yeah. that you kind of lose that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah, the elasticity the elasticity was was definitely in, in the size of it um and, and the kind of like the the types of pictures that I I let in. Um but I think like I mean they're still pretty small like in the like in the scope of my work it might be a little extreme but um i don't know compared to like a lot of stuff going on they're they're like small paintings <laughs> i think even like a four foot painting is like pretty small that's yeah. that's true but if you're working with the lexicon you were working with it it's an interesting challenge because you did solve a lot of scale issues like you managed yeah. to make them be all at, at a similar scale regardless of the size hence the confusion between something that's really tiny and something that could be four feet like you kind of worked that problem out in an interesting way i wonder if you have any thoughts on mm -hmm. that. um yeah i don't know if that was like super conscious um i just another thing that was going on was um the brushes i was using were kind of all the same size i didn't i'm like honestly not too um i'm like not too prejudicial in the the like brushes that i use like i mean the color is there but um or the, the paint is there the quality of the paint is there but um i was using dollar brushes and, and then oh, God, like no. so in some in some aspects they were in charge right so you got like um, three hairs and a prayer on a stick. Yeah, three, yeah. <laughs> Is that that's a Bob Ross. Uh, I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if that's a Bob Ross. <laughs> it almost sounds um, like a Dolly Parton song. Yeah, speaking of I, yeah, I was, I was I was going a little. We got three hairs, a stick, and a prayer. <laughs> yeah, twang twang that, twang. Well, I mean, to go back to music, yeah, I, I was the scale uh, 
was helped out by just thinking of like, you know, one of these paintings might be a limerick. One of them might be like a 10 minute song, you know, like it, it was just, again, like that, that, that kind of like complicated freedom of, of uh, letting things be what they're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually, this goes to something I, I wanted to bring up. I, uh, I would text with Rebecca Callahan, another painter, um, a good friend of mine. <laughs> we'd like send each other pictures of paintings in progress that we were unsure about. And our motto kind of became like, just let it ride, dude. Just, <laughs> just let it ride. It's like, what? Do you, it's a painting. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> well, like, if think about it this way, in terms of the last thing on scale, maybe like, think about like, Jolene, right? It's the smallest story. It's, hey, bitch, keep your hands off my man. But it, in terms of, you know, thunderous building tension and grandiosity, it's a really small problem. It's like, fucking whore, yeah. stay away. And then it's just like, everything swells and it's a much bigger feeling. Which is because the same... Her, because her world, Dolly's world, is is the one being shaken. Destroyed to the core. And it's like, yeah. you know, that also that world that she's in is so small. It's like, well, it's just me, my man, and you know, a thought. <laughs> um, yeah. But that, again, the scale can be transfigured by its handling, which is a very country thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, even in pop country, like, you cheated on me, I'm going to fuck up your car. Like, small yeah. story, small stupid story, real big get all the white girls drunk song. Yeah, I think that's just, yeah, that's that's a historical device in a lot of pop things, like cinema music yeah, yeah but like country does it a little more like operatically and it, intentionally. it gets a little bit more shakespearean in this weird backwater way oh yeah i mean redheaded stranger that willie nelson album is an opera it's in, it's amazing yeah um but he has like yeah it's, it's a really small production uh it's just him and his guitar essentially and some percussion but um but the, yeah the scale becomes enormous with those with those like few ingredients mm -hmm. right well can we go back to the like idea of that okay so this lives on a, a separate website it's presented on its own thing it's not just a like a special page or like a separate exhibitions page it's an actual like full environment akin to like the contemporary uh private viewing digital viewing room how does that feel mm -hmm. like how like would it would you want like someone to project these and like kind of see them at the scale or like what is the like because this is a new era that we have just entered in in the past four weeks of digitally viewing shows i know i and this is kind of when i feel a little bit like a luddite like i really honestly i do i haven't really thought about it that much um obviously it's not an ideal um but i also don't want to like write off this this kind of new form um but if it, if this signals like a changing tide, um, I don't know, the contrarian in me will just like, I feel like it'll just keep painting against this. Like make paintings that are like harder and harder to photograph. It's yeah, like, yeah. Like just like really, really resist. But I think, but then I think that's like not necessarily uh, my, my attitude on this show. It's, it's uh, just the, the contrarian. Um, like predicting the the world like what uh, what's to come or something well i think that's a i think that's a good artistic impulse writ large like i feel like the three of us here have been talking about this for for years by basically like complaining about disposable painting on instagram but yeah. <laughs> but like it's the same it's the same exact point which is like if your work is too suited to be seen virtually then what's the point in not just doing it on an ipad or something so you probably should if you're going to work with material go farther and farther in that direction right i mean yeah the, yeah. the question of like how it's going to be presented commercially or whatever has to be dealt with um but it makes sense to me that uh, that on like a personal or visceral level you'd want to be reactionary yeah i think I, I think you nailed it chris if you're like if if anyone would be excited about this turn then yeah stop painting because this it's just not what it's for no right like you, yeah you should make digital drawings or or don't draw at all <laughs> like learn to code or something like 
like exist exist in that space um but i yeah i just really i really don't think uh i i don't think paintings painting as a whole will survive if if it goes like purely virtual well the interesting thing about it was would be for me that it will survive but it will be a secret now um uh-huh, like maybe okay. maybe painting goes the route of just being private it goes the route of being totally domestic only in your inner circle like of course this is a total extreme hypothetical I, it's always going to land somewhere in the middle but let's say it goes yeah. that way and like paintings that are made by artists are really only for the studio and then only for those around them um they might become something more akin to like quilting or something like that where in certain circumstances they can be construed as like quote high art or whatever for institutional purposes, but that really they would become like almost objects of craft or something. Yeah. I, I could see that too. Like reliquaries. Yes. Stuff. Yeah. yeah I, like re- I mean, it's already arcane and I, I yeah, I, I could see like a, like a pretty hasty retreat into, into that. Well, in a, in a way, it's not the worst thing to happen, right? Because I think a, a lot of anxiety for relatively unknown painters right now comes from the fact that they can't get their work out there. Like, yes, you can get a photograph of it out there and get a lot of views, um, but you can't get the thing itself out there without selling it for less than its value. So it's a, compli- mm-hmm. it's a complicated problem. It might kind of solve that. Um, I think there would be like a lot of liberation in that idea. Um, but people would have to give up the idea that painting was going to bring you fame. Was going to bring what? You've cut out a little uh, bit. Was going to bring you fame. Yeah. Well, I, I don't like the idea, like you said, reliquary. I don't I don't mind this idea of a Fra Angelico style like resurgence of... Because think about it now. We already do this anyway. When something is easily digestible on Instagram, we're like, I don't have to see that show, right? We don't have to go. Because fuck it. Or you go and you're like, oh, it's trash. It just only looks good on Instagram. Like, we have known this and have done this. But, like, maybe that experience of going and seeing is a little bit more devotional. So, actually, it's not necessarily about, like, shrinking it down to, like, a sewing circle style thing. It just becomes this thing where, like, if it is going to be public, it will have to be better than the image of yeah, that's a yeah. really good point. Yes. Which I like that gives me more hope. Like, I don't know. That... I think you're right. It's been like this for a long time, actually. Yeah. Um, and we've hated that shit for, what, six years at least? Like, I don't know. Well, right. It depends what you're talking about. But I, but I like the idea that it, yeah, it becomes a more devotional experience. Like, maybe every interaction with a painting, whether it's at a museum or a gallery, does become a little more sacred. That's a good idea. Yeah. And then I think, like, that kind of, like, the more institutional work. I think by contrast, we'll just become like so plastic looking. I, I think it's going to start to get real weird. Well, yeah, along the lines of this has been happening for a while. All you have to do is walk around most art fairs to get that sense already. Yeah. I'm talking like about really, blue, high, blue like really high production. Just so it's so intangible. Yeah. Uh, kind of stuff like, yeah, like big budget, like CGI where you're just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I can't even see it. I can't even see it really. Right. At the same time, like let people have poker chips but maybe not let that be art you can make poker chips you can make airbrush poker chips all day goddamn long enjoy enjoy wealth and success but you're not making art like at there will be a reckoning where it's like oh i'm just making cards trading cards for wealthy people yes sorry Mm -hmm. you don't get rich but maybe you go down in history i don't know um alan i think i told you this the last time we were on zoom but i recently reread avant-garde and kitsch by greenberg yeah, we got into a little bit. But he actually outlines at the beginning of that essay the history of the bohemian artist from like around the time of Courbet until the time that he was writing in and around 1940. And that's basically the story of what happened with art is that it rejected the academy, right? And so now maybe our new academy is a financial academy. And yeah. yes, it has like an open aesthetic criteria, but really... um so it doesn't have the same kind of academic rules, but it has economic academicism. And then real art kind for, of go, yeah, go, sure. goes off the grid again. And bohemianism isn't defined necessarily by living in a garret, but by um, practicing in isolation in the same sense or in a similar way. Yeah, I mean, if or or yeah, just like you could like you could be modestly successful and still in the scheme of things are still working for crumbs. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're swimming yeah, in boogeroos like, right now. But I mean, in a more pro- he said we're slaying in boogeroos right now, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a more profound way, like the definition of art will have to change around that. Like it will grow maybe to necessarily exclude more things than it includes, which could be good. Wouldn't be mad about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, have you been painting uh, post show? Like, do you have new work that you're working on now? No, no, uh, no. It's been this has been a long break. Uh, I mean, I've I've been in the studio, um, just trying to keep up a relationship with the space. Yeah, and that that just means like sitting there, like I've like prepped stuff, um, but uh, no, I, I'm like I'm kind of like emotionally exhausted, yeah. um, and not from like. Yeah, not from uh, the show necessarily, just like real world things. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it, so do you have any like, do you have any angle on that or are you just going to let it wash over you kind of? Because I don't know. I feel similarly in that I don't f- even feel compelled to make really. It's really difficult to try and formulate like artistic process right now. Yeah. Um no it's it's like not a super exciting answer i i really just don't know it um and also like i can't i'm i mean you you know i'm not i'm not really the kind of person that like i don't have all the i don't have plans necessarily i i feel like my practice is like either generative or contemplative or like labor it's like um but i really i really don't like uh, sketch out plans or something and then bring them into the studio right there's no design element uh, to it yeah i feel like i almost feel like i should like try to consume more media before i try to start anything just to like like see new things or like digest new things or well it's interesting that so much of modern country was like predicated on travel right and, know, and now it, and it, now that it's stripped away you know you got to figure it out again the show like became <laughs> it like became like way more poetic than I meant it to be. Right. <laughs> because it it also started in like I kind of like the germ for the idea started in Pompeii. Just because it was like like the tragedy of that was was uh like really overwhelming. <laughs> and also the art in Pompeii is insane. Um, right. Right, but you have a set of paintings accidentally bracketed by cataclysm. Yeah. that's interesting like, yeah. a, like a profound sadness yeah well this is why that indiana painting is like so like this idea of like a specific painting can take you to a s- specific place like normally you just kind of go that's not a real thing and then you look at it and someone from the midwest you're like oh yeah that's the midwest yeah that's pretty flat and uh fucking yellow that's right it's yellow and gray it's like driven snow that, uh, and wheat fields that, i don't that know indiana painting yeah yeah yeah, there's like I wanted that painting to be like almost nothing, but just barely something. And that is the Midwest. I mean, like it, it's very much like I was like I feel that even down to the palette and the mood, it felt like the Hoosier State in particular. Yes, yeah. that one. Like this is where I think like yeah, there's there's sadness in the work, but the play the play I think is it is maybe in the color um, because as I was painting that I was like, well, the, the field, I wanted to be kind of fallow, like a, like a kind of dirty, like a dusty yellow. And then I like kind of moved up to the sky and I was like, I think that's also yellow. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe I won't move that much. Right. The weird part is like, that's true. And like, I was looking at some Howard Hodgkin and like, there's some landscapes that, that are very specific in that too, like a Naples yellow. And I was like, yeah, that sounds right. Like, I was like, these locations are just like, and even like Bryce Martin does this with sea paintings where it's two shades yeah. of green and you're just like, yeah, that looks, that's actually pretty accurate for being uh, he non-objective. He has a painting called Nebraska that's like a green chromatic gray. That's like exactly perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. like these, these worlds can actually, the world rather, can actually be depicted in like two colors. And then to well, feel yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't flat, know. like national flags are off, often landscapes. They're just... Like Ukraine, I think Ukraine's flag is just blue and yellow, and it means the, the sea in the sky. Ah, right, like the wheat. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, the the field in the sky. Right. Huh. Yeah, it's just a, like a severe abstraction. 
you you did a really good job in the paintings in the show of like um intro- introducing really bizarre kind of flat abstraction into the landscape motif too like there's so many of them where there's more or less a horizon line but then you kind of have these floating colors that together can form on one hand ponds or shadows and on the other hand like faces in their own right i felt like there was a lot of really interesting like conflations going on depending on how you looked at the forms and where they sat in the space (laughs) yeah well, like, yeah, there's a little bit of that, like, laying in the grass and, like, naming cloud forms in, in like, some yeah. of them, maybe two. Like, there's one that has, like, a baby blue, a, like, peach kind of jumble in the middle. I'm like, that's a dead clown. But I know that it's supposed to be, like, <laughs> shapes. But, like, I was like, oh, Punchinello's dead. Oh, man. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's not uh, a bad thing. Like uh, normally, that would be bad. Yeah, I, like, I get no, that I like a lot. That. Like kind of the drifting thoughts that that go along with with the viewing experience. It, for me, it seemed it seemed to meld with the idea of trying to combine painting and drawing on one hand, and then also like losing the thrust of the narrative thread on the other hand. Like you didn't you did enough directing of it to get me to a certain place, but you didn't over determine it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I feel like as the painter, like, yeah, I want to do enough to like establish a space, but then I, I like, I also want to like break up, break things up and, and rearrange things to establish mood. Like, <laughs> like a, that, that's the fun of it is like, like chopping all these things up and, and like reforming them like, like Legos. Right. But it's a difficult and complex problem, right? Because none of those things are independent necessarily. They're all um, conflationary. Like when you mess with mood and then you mess with space, you have a whole new painting on your hands. And I think it's, yeah. I think it's a, a certain type of painter that's able to di- um, deal with that like deftly. Um, you right. Know, you know, like well, to, I think that go to go back to like what Will was saying, like you have you have to be shrewd with your experimentation because like like experimenting isn't just like scribbling with like pink and green and seeing what happens. Like, I feel like experimenting is like, like breaking up, like breaking apart your thought processes and, and like, uh, like reordering them to see what works. With the set of controls. That's the, that's yeah, the, with, with the true, control set. it's the true experimental kind of like scientific method rigor of like, here, here's my sandbox of controls yeah. What can we do? And I think that's why the genre was helpful, like to to maintain the, um, yeah the 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 fence posts. But then, but then there's like I would allow these little outliers, like the figure, um, or like little things creep in that 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 the fun of it is like, well, you know, what else can be a part of this story, and 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 still work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it leads you down interesting paths, in my opinion, because there's a lot of surrealism to me in the paintings as I looked at them. Like, uh, for example, there's one of a little campfire and like a large plume of smoke, but the smoke has a ton of weight. So on one hand, there's like gravity represented in the scene by the smoke obviously lifting up and billowing out. But on the other hand, the color and the treatment makes you feel like they're boulders. I felt like there was a lot yeah. of that going on. I was thinking of of the lack of gravity in those paintings a lot, or or lack of orientation even when they had gravity. Like you could be looking down at the thing, but you could also be looking up at it. It was sort of yeah. simultaneous points of view and things like that. That's what made me say memory in the first place was that it's a very much a dream space and not a material space where there's like strict rules. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I kind of like, I'll like defer to, I'll defer to the story in, in the painting, like most of the time. I think like that, yeah, that, that stone cloud was like, it's so, it was like so little that I felt like I could just do anything with like, with that, with that fire or like that um, hallucination or something. And I, ju- I just pictured like a little, like a small, a little curse, like a little, like Medusa's curse, but on the, like our our planet or something <laughs> right right <laughs> like save the like save the huge ideas for the small paintings and then the biggest painting in the show was like just a color field like let's make that the simplest one um 
because it, it would be too obvious. <laughs> right. Um, how many paintings did you make that didn't end up being in the show? Like, so we saw a set of around a dozen or something, but were there a ton? Yeah, I think I made like 17 or 18. That's a lot. Um, I, I wanted it to be a big show. That was that was the plan. Like, a, I mean, we yeah, we mentioned this before, the, the double album. Uh, that, that was kind of my idea. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Is it arranged on the website with that in mind? Like, do you have no, it structured No, I, I, I let them do their thing. Okay. I think if it was a physical space, I, I would have had fun to, again, like, arrange, like, arrangement is such a, is, like, uh, is, like, important to me. That's another kind of, like, the, the control aspect is, like, after the paintings are finished, then you get to, like, organize them and, and like, uh, yeah, make the, make the arrangement feel important. <laughs> Well, like the way in the video, the way that they're hung on the wall, all like scattershot. I was like, actually, that would be good on a nice clean white wall. I like, I like this like kind <laughs> you of. Well, you know how many times I get the salon suggestions? No, I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, you get the hell out of here. <laughs> no, but like, I, I like it makes the act of actually like going up to a thing a little bit more intentional. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. when it's just like, like when everything is small you can play like these games of attention uh, yeah, yeah. in a much more, in a, you know, and you can, you know, I, I love jamming little fuckers together next to a big one. Cause I'm like, ha yeah. it's little and then it's big. Um, or uh, Cynthia Dano does that with her, like huge, like these like wall sized grids of little paintings. And they're, they're all so specific, but you have like, it takes so much headspace to like zero in on one. And when you, when you get there, you're like, damn that's a good little painting but it's in a grid of like 200 paintings oh that's too hard i <laughs> can't the, do that and the no. consistency is like so rock solid throughout it's it, they're those are like crazy installations yeah i don't know for me it, it just makes me miss the um physical difference in size and scale because you can establish rhythm i mean i think that's what you're talking exactly. about with the um with the salon suggestion too it's a different type of doing that like where you draw a viewer in and out and how you establish that but um Right, like the digital presentation necessitates like a pretty even tone, but you could really have peaks and valleys or institute like the more musical ideas in a yeah. physical installation. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, that's like what the, the yeah painting is like boundless, like that. Like the 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 decision making is just kind of endless, um, and and each each like series of decisions is really exciting. Uh, but unfortunately, like that last step was supplanted. Right. For now. For now. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't want it to be this tragic thing. I'm like really. I'm. I'm still happy with it. It means a lot to me, and I feel like it. It'll just produce more different work. It's, it's fine. Yeah. No. I hope. I hope that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's a tragedy at all. In fact, I think I've seen your paintings shared digitally more this time. <laughs> like for, yeah. for this reason yeah it's not bad like and not with groups of people standing next to it going like hi i was here like it's actually more like this is a thing go yeah, look yeah. at the thing like it's yeah well personally i've spent a lot more time with it than frankly i would have if i had just gone to the opening because in normal circumstances that's what would have happened and like i've looked at the, the web page like three or four times now a, a long time or like i'm reading something and then i'm like oh that's an interesting idea i'll uh, it's right next to me. I'll just look at Alan's painting again and see if it's related. Like there's a lot of connection happening that I don't think I would have thought about before. That's a good point. Yeah. It does with, with less to do out in the world. Like, um, yeah, things become a little more, or for me, maybe it's like become part of my home life <laughs> in a way like past shows are just like you hang it and kind of forget it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, like they have their own life, but, um, yeah, that's interesting. That extends to everybody else as well. I mean, I don't know. I think the like the special presentation site is actually more useful. Like, so Dallas Art Fair just happened, um, and I I did a quick scroll, and I was like, you know what? Like, this is like just a PDF that everyone who's ever worked in a gallery has definitely made like several times, where you're just like, yeah, just plug the PDFs and copy and quartz filter, and then bing bang boom, send it out to a collector, and it's like sterile, but like. 
when we're all on our phones so much right now, like truly, mm-hmm. like I don't want to look at my usage to see 12 hours on Instagram a day. Like I don't want to like to have to make a conscious effort to even go to a website and then go to another one. That's just that. Like it does put you in a different mental like click space, which is weird. Like, I don't know if that's the quarantine doing that in terms of deliberate viewing happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's particularly right now, your our relationship with being online is a little fraught. You're either like tracking your stimulus check or like you're keeping up with the family in a way that's different is a different form like uh different form than it was previously or like our correspondence is all different. So like the, the way that we're online right now is is really weird. It it does make a separate website feel really classic in a certain sense. Um, And for me, I can focus on that more because the, the point about communication is what matters to me. Like now all of a sudden you're on zoom calls all the time. Like I'm on three or four different discords. Everybody's doing group texts. Everybody's doing email. Like I feel like my digital responsibility has picked up times 10 suddenly so like going on a website devoted to a thing rather than reddit which is an aggregator or discord which is just an ever-flowing server or um, even the new york times where you can go to op-ed politics blah 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 when you're on a page that's just for that thing it it does it does institute a weird reverie it's Mm -hmm. it's not the same as like a religious object or something but it does draw my attention differently to have a separate tab for alan's show rather than it show up in the instagram feed matters a lot uh the 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 backfire with all this is now that my absence from text chains i really have no excuse (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) like that son of a bitch doesn't have anything else to do like he's just not texting oh i do that all day long don't worry you are not alone (laughs) At this point, like leaving people on red or getting left on red is just a horrible thing. <laughs> nobody yeah. has it. Nope. You, the thing is, nobody ever had any excuse, but you could cover your ass, and now you just you just can't. Yeah, it's impossible. I don't know. I was covered, covered in red paint, and then my phone, like my pockets, just like I'm like, this is the one time of day that you all are trying to get a hold of me, and I truly cannot smear up my khaki pants with this cadmium right now <laughs> like you're gonna wait and i'm gonna forget and will don't sorry you, don't you have a car yeah so you have the perfect excuse for anything you're like oh, oh i was driving <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah oh yeah i went for a drive why would, why would <laughs> yeah. you not go for a walk well <laughs> Well, I'm not finding it, but I was hoping that we would have some avenue to like a, a larger conversation because I know the last time that I talked to you and Will on Zoom, we were talking about like a romantic and classic divide that I thought was really interesting. I know it's a really unnatural segue, mm. um, but I wonder if you've thought about that at all because like what, what I was positing, just to be clear, is that like Alan, you're you're fall in the romantic tradition i would say and that like will falls in like a pretty classicist tradition at least aesthetically but i think it applies to your guys's thinking also but i wonder if that's like that like what creates that uh that differentiation or is it like a is it like an attitude or it's like a temperament maybe yeah yes i th- i think both of those things are are temperaments or sensibilities like they get chalked up in the end to all of this historical importance but like the way I mean it is without judgment. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that binary really means anything. It's just interesting to like talk about painting from that perspective. It clears a lot of things up. You can get a lot of ambiguity out of the way by like using a false dichotomy like that. Mm-hmm. As far as what it describes, like w- what I mean by that is like, um, it even comes down to the process level, right? Like you guys both, said prior in this conversation like you both work in this kind of scientific method way where you have these parameters and then you test against your constants right Mm. but then you end up with a result alan that's very atmospheric and very dreamy and will ends up with a result that's very like concrete and sort of um plastic i think i might know why why because i will abandon my concrete almost instantly 
See, that's interesting. Is that a constant in the test or is that a variable? Because it kind of seems like it has elements of both. Like, you know you're going to get rid of it, yet you don't know quite when. When or, or why. Yeah. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think it goes back to, like, um, my trust, like, my trust of my impulses trumps trumps my like trust of, of like any other uh any other aspect of the creative process what's the difference between an impulse and an intuition in that example i don't know they might be simultaneously or simultaneous i don't know really i think i know i think i know if if only because the say the two words again then i can explain impulse and intuitive okay so impulse is an immediate need even though it's closer to a want that's impulsive. Like you're just like mm, now, like now change. Uh, intuition is like, well, I feel like there's no want or need question. It's just a, a more like breezy kind of thing where you're just like, I feel like we could go in a direction. It's more, it actually is less of a constant and more of a variable because it is just the like, mm, we're questioning this. Whereas like impulse is like, nope, I know what I want and I want it now. And it's going to zig when it should have zagged. And then we're going to, zop you know later but does that make sense sure <laughs> okay well <laughs> well i i see those as i see those as two um different orders of phenomenon that like impulsivity is closer to compulsion yeah. I, I guess will you're saying a similar thing which is that like I impulses can't really be controlled to the same extent and are more instant but that intuition is this sort of like guiding force that hovers above all of that impulses against your better better judgment typically interesting i don't know if that's true mm, well like i Alan, think that might differ for different yeah. people yeah, that's, but, yeah but i see what you mean like impulse impulse to you is like to you is like equated with like addiction or something or like it's like something that's like a little unhealthy i would just say it's i would just say it's closer to that i don't think it's equivalent uh -huh. to that but it like it operates at the same speed at least in the same sense that i would hit my jewel out of compulsion you might do something in the studio out of impulse right yeah interesting i don't yeah i don't know if i think i know it's i'm, I'm pretty aware of like what might be destructive in a or what might be irreparable. Um, but I guess what yeah, defines that, what defines that for you? How do you know that? Like explore that a little bit. That, that was um, very close to the DSA. Like speak on that, by the way, <laughs> just, I just want to throw that out there for everyone. It's very close to what? It's very close to the DSA meme guy of speak on that. Speak on that. And yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, well, can I can, can I can I tell you why I'm curious about this? And like, I I know it seems like forced to try to draw it out of you, but um, Will and I have talked about this on mic and off a little bit. But like, no, please, please, but like fr from my perspective, like I don't relate to this condition at all. Like, I think I have very bad intuition and impulse control. Like, I don't think I have intuition at all, and I think I have too much impulse control which leads me down like an analytic direction and a design direction. And frankly, I think mm -hmm. it makes me not a very good artist. Whereas the two of you both have similar intuitions, but different constraints around that. And it makes me really curious because I think you both make pretty spontaneous things pretty well. And it's hard mm -hmm. for, it's hard for a different mental modeling to do that necessarily. If I'm, yeah, I guess the impulse to like wipe something out or to like, to to derail is I, I feel like maybe I just know enough about myself is like, is, is that that's when I'm most likely to get to something fresh or interesting. Um, it's like in, it's in the labor of it. And then, and then I'll, I'll like, I'll arrive, I'll like arrive at a painting that, and it happens quickly. It can happen like all of a sudden I'll like arrive at something that, I, that, I like trust that it works because like if you're like constantly arriving at something, you can't really see it clearly. But, if, but again, I think that's the intuition is like, this is like, is this nothing or is this something? And then if you're like, this is something I'm going to, I'm going to say this, this is done for now. I think that like, that's the, that's the impulse control. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody on one of my discords today and the, 
it was a complicated conversation, but like he gave me this example of you can think about things in terms of the moment. Like the current moment is not waiting to be uh, overcome by the future moment. The moment ends when the future comes. Does that make sense? You you can't um, anticipate when a moment ends. It just ends when it should. And I think you're describing like a similar kind of terminus. Like there's no um, there's no way to describe what that edge is like. There's no way to describe that liminal space exactly. It just happens when it happens. Yeah. And intuition yeah. is trusting that you can sense the bridge. Well, that's like, yeah, that's the Jungian thing of like, you think you can see your unconscious if you move the flashlight real quick, but exactly. the second you illuminate the darkness, it's light. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, that's not, it's no longer your unconscious. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm very curious right now about how good artists are able to sort of hold that in, in suspension or, or maintain that kind of presence of mind without moving the flashlight too quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't relate. Yeah, well, I, I mean, don't relate to that yeah. on an intuitive level. Ironically, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that's there's a part of me that's like sometimes I'm in my studio. I mean, I have low days where I'm like, yeah, this level of romance is so out of time. It's insane. Like what I'm doing, I'm like literally a crazy person because like how could this? How could a crayon drawing possibly be relevant right now? But then that kind of passes, and you get swept back into the into the ocean and you just let it ride again yeah i have a different you know if i get pulled into a riptide i'm freaking out even though i can probably just stand up and i'm like no i'm gonna drown (laughs) stand up dumbass oh okay all right but i like the drama of the i might drown i'm in a riptide It's interesting to me that in either example, though, you can sort of absorb the question of relevancy and digest it rather than rather than let that be too prominent. Oh, I don't know if I'm digesting it so much as ignoring it, but. Oh, interesting. But I, but I. Yeah, denial is lovely. Well, do you, I mean, do you think like, because historically, especially like the last 150 years, let's say like the bohemian artists, the Van Goghs of the world, like ignorance is kind of prized ignorance and naivete but there's a different question now because it's on purpose yeah like i keep going to this metacognitive level where i'm like how do you guys do that how do you know that you're doing that and you're still able to do it like the awareness that it's happening doesn't shut it down i don't know i think um also chris i think what helps is like a level of stupidity and i'm not even joking like interesting (laughs) like you're right i I like I know that my like my intelligence is in the brush and like like and in the color and almost nowhere else so I like I don't I don't suffer I don't suffer like um wasting time on ideas because I just I just know that's not where the I don't I know that's not where the interesting things are in my studio yeah yeah well the interesting thing about that to me is that um I guess, see, it's not for me to say, but I guess you could call it stupidity. I know what you mean. Maybe a gentler way of saying it is just lack of analysis. Like, there's really no point in continuing down, like, a metacognitive path of further and further layers of anxiety around a thing, right? Mm -hmm. But earlier in the show, you said something about how, like, in, in certain paintings of yours, there was ego coming through because you're putting your virtuosity on display. But I, but yeah. I, but I would say those two, those two sort of statements are connected in that, like, what you're doing is supremely egoless in a weird way. It's not stupid; it's empathetic. Well, yeah, hopefully. I don't know if that's for me to assess, but but this um... goes back to the shrewd thing. Like, this is well, like this idea of like what you're describing is a kind of self-destructive self-consciousness, whereas a useful tool is acknowledging self-consciousness but that's what the the joy of a studio like i don't know like thinking about like the spaces that you know we're not moving no one's out in public like we don't really have this as much now because it's like where are you your home or your studio potentially right like you can be the worst person in the studio and whether that means the worst decisions or you know ideally the best decisions but like in that allowance of i'm gonna make some stupid stupid terrible decisions upon your own like your own 
baseline, you're like, this is going to be a bad idea, but fuck it. There's no one here to judge me, and it's just me judging myself. That's inhibiting behavior. It's inhibiting if your concern is always on your audience. If your concern is on your process, that's a good behavior. Well, I don't even think that. I think it's a matter of, like, if you not allowing yourself to be, to throw your your whole tool bag at your own thought process, like, out of frustration or, you know, it's it comes back to this thing of variables and constants. It's like, if you're not willing to let a variable in, you're scientific method is flawed Mm. the goal of an experiment is to ideally fail so that way it opens up another pathway i don't know yeah and i I don't want like i also don't want like this the studio process to to seem so pure like like yes there's like there's like goblinism going on in there but like but i also have a filter and i know i know what shouldn't be shown shouldn't be exhibited you know what i mean Yeah, yeah yeah like you like and there is some level of analysis that comes later but it's not it's not really during the painting um and and except for like except for like yeah like a surface kind of like uh like formal excitement weirdly yeah you you you, i'm guessing like you have paintings that you will never let anyone see right yeah i think that's that's when my control issues creep in and i throw them away sometimes if they're bad enough i'll I'll just destroy them or just wipe them out i think that's like that's been the that has kind of been the practice for like the last couple of years where if if like a foundation in the painting isn't set in like like a half hour or so i'll just like wipe back to white um i think that's that's again like that intuition or like imp- like impulsivity can be an aid in that way. Like I could even get the, to the end of a really long session and be like, this isn't working. And if I'm being honest with myself, this didn't work all day or all week. And I'll like really try to scrub it back to white and just start over. So I think like the, for at least like the last year or two, I, ha- I haven't really kept the misfires around just because I'll just wipe them out. See, I love I love a fresh white dry surface, so I like can't scrub them out. They just go, oh well, you're dead, and crack, 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 right off. Like, well, I'm I. It's interesting that you're able to integrate that into your process without wastage. Like, there's an incredible amount of sacrifice to doing something like that. Like, not only the psychological sacrifice of admitting that I was lying to myself for a week, <laughs> which <laughs> which really which really hits home for me. But uh, but on the other hand, like then you're then you're into a new kind of labor of like doing a boring thing and getting rid of it. I don't know. There, there there's a there's a lot that's healthy about that. Like you are sort of going through the stages of grief with the painting knowingly each time, so that it doesn't dry and then you have to like kill it. You can you can you know put it down a little easier. But it requires yeah. you to sacrifice something, you know. Yeah, and I came from Tyler, which is the promised land of brown mud paintings. Oh. <laughs> right. um, that school, that school is like nothing but brown. It was. I mean, I love, I love that. I love Tyler uh, with all my heart, but um, the painting department is just like they're they like they fetishize. Just keep going, <laughs> just keep <laughs> right. keep working. Uh, and I, I had to like, I had to like try hard to break myself of that i don't think any of you as muddy painters though truly like you, i well we all survived yeah i was yeah, gonna say yeah. the survivors are like we don't we don't make mud no thank you well and you're continuing in that spirit in a certain way because part of wiping out the painting is you are still working on it and and there is this admission that there's almost no going back to white you're going to be left with some kind of patina but it, it's sort of like rauschenberg putting a newspaper on a canvas like it gives you somewhere to begin again like it's just yeah, starting it's still, the painting in, in a different way and you, yeah you're keeping all of that information sort of mm-hmm. which i hate it's an act of erasure but it's weirdly additive yeah yeah it you can still it's like you can you can like perceive what you can't necessarily see like you can yes. feel it in there I think I can feel that in a lot of your paintings. Do you wipe out most of them before they finally take their form or no? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, you can it's tell really that. it's really rare that the that a first draft survives. That allowance of that like 
we let it collapse and then we build it up again is a very like especially thinking about the idea of like depicting a time or a space or memory whatever like the idea that you can like attempt a kind of men in black style erasure even though it's always there in a liminal space the neuralizer yeah like there's like that's mm-hmm. a that's a str- like i don't know that's an interesting kind of working well yeah uh well th- this is a this is a stanley stanley whitney mantra speaking of tyler um that just never it never left uh like my back of back of brain um he just kept saying nothing like nothing is precious like when what we're doing here is not precious so just like if it's not working just move on um and that yeah that can be taken in like so many different ways uh but for me i like to access that when i'm in the middle of a painting <laughs> it's not working oh, no. i'll just wipe it out like this is not precious <laughs> yeah it's weird like like recklessness ends up being pretty responsible in the end yeah if you can if you can manage it yeah there's a difference between wiping out a six hour thing and a two hour two hour means like oh, this is not i don't i don't feel like doing this it's a different mind space where mm-hmm. you're just like i shouldn't have even started if you're uh, you know waving the white flag at that point but when it's like yeah. a whole day you're like a consciousness or uh the self-consciousness becomes a little bit more productive in its erasure mm-hmm. and it does hurt a little bit more at that point yeah, but you, it, it, yeah. yeah you just gotta be like you just have to tell yourself this wasn't wasted time like i i, I learned from this and just move on right the knife turns but it doesn't hurt as bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's an okay, okay place to stop, Alan. Um, we got plenty of time here. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I, I think Nina might need the office back. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize you were we were monopolizing Nina's time too. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. We we agreed that we're trading off and on. Oh, that's nice. Okay, good. Um, well, this was nice, man. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate it. It was. It, I feel like this was a, a really cool outlet to give the show like another kind of source of life um yeah so i hope i appreciate so. it cool glad you liked it yep and again for anyone who is still on here uh geary.squarespace.com should redirect right to modern country and a whole uh set of things that you get to look at yeah cool yeah yeah thank you guys for having me all right alan take it easy right. man Talk have a good to night you soon. all right you too see bye. you guys bye, bye.